Bye. Bye. Welcome to episode 165. Five. Dragons <laughs> podcast. I don't know what episode is because today has been today. This week has been a terrible week at work, and I plan to get all the episodes up, but I'm still finishing up episode 163, and I still have less last weeks to edit. And this is going to be a slow crawl because the work has been dis- disgustingly disgusting. So, and after I'm done with work, I, the last thing I actually want to come down, come sit down and do is edit a podcast. So, I, yeah. <laughs> Instead, I'd rather play Assassin's Creed 2, which I did. But we'll talk about that and what we've been playing. It's it's February 20th, but you'll probably be hearing this like March 5th. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to get all these up there. Um, but uh, we, we don't have Al with us just yet. He is out on a mission to find nutrition. And I didn't even intend that to rhyme because I didn't know I was going to use the word mission, but now came out a shitty-ass rhyme, so there you go. But I do have with me Pretoria, all the way in Boston. Hi! Hi. I'm not even going to attempt the Boston accent, so I figured I'd just be be the (laughs) R-word. Hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. The R-word, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to go through what we've been playing. Hopefully Al makes it back while we're still talking about what we've been playing. But he has been playing Final Fantasy XII and Indigo Prophecy. And he really, 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 really wants to talk about them according to his text message to me. So um, I just realized that I did not start my individual recording. <laughs> That's okay because we have it on the backup. Let me start it right now. <laughs> All right, and we're, we're back after an impromptu break for me to get my recording started. So if you heard the low-quality recording for about uh, – I don't know, about 60 seconds there. That's why, because I'm a dumbass. But that's all right. We're back on full throttle, high quality. Unless one of our files messes up, in which case we're going back to the backup, and you wouldn't have heard a difference, in which case I'll edit this out. But if I don't, then that means that... Whatever. Pete, what have you been playing? Uh, not too much. Um, I think the... <laughs> Honestly, I think the only thing I've really been playing this past week has been... I played a little bit of Plants vs. Zombies first yes! of all. I made it to Roof stage nice uh spoilers oh no the zombies were on your roof uh and uh i didn't actually start that yet but it uh it seems interesting since they actually introduce angles now so yeah uh but i i guess this is the last area and then i go through all the i, I do all the extra stuff or something yeah well there's the angles and then there are the flower pots too which kind of throw another wrinkle into that because like with the lily pads it's like an extra expenditure in two rows but now it's like Every single row, you have to add flower pots just to be able to do something. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. Oh. Because um, what stage are you on in the roof? Uh, just the first one. I didn't actually – I didn't start the section. I, like, got to where – I beat the fog area, and then it brought me to the roof, and then I hit main menu and quit. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers in for Pete. Sorry. Flower um, pots. Oh, no. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's just another challenge because it, it's a it's – a, um, it's a currency drain – and also just uh, it prevents you from using certain other plants that you would want to try and use. So I'll let you figure that out for yourself. But it, it presents an interesting challenge. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you, you know, there's all this extra stuff that you can look forward to after you're d- – even right now I think you can get to it. Yeah, um, I've been unlocking mini games and stuff, but I, I'm just trying to go through the, the main part first before I start messing around with the extra stuff. Right, right. Gotcha. Um, um, yeah, but once that opens up, you're going to – you might find yourself addicted. <laughs> uh, other than that, I uh, 
I played um, my girlfriend and I went to the rock band night uh, at Improv Boston, which I, I wanted to make an like a, an announcement about, I guess. Uh, for those who would be coming to PAX East next month, um, if this gets up before PAX East happens, it will. Um, maybe not. Maybe as recently <laughs> as two days before, but it will get up there. Fourth normally, Thursday of the month. Normally, the rock band event uh, is on the third Thursday of the month, yep. but for next month, they're pushing it to the fourth Thursday, which is the night before PAX East. Right. Uh, PAX, it starts on Friday, so uh, they want to try to get people who are coming in to you know come out and and check out this event. I'm gonna be there like I always am. I'm sure my girlfriend's gonna be going. Austin and you and Al are coming in early, right? You're coming in Thursday afternoon. I th we haven't planned that. Yet. We're not sure, but uh, now that you know, now that I saw that on the wave, I um. I think we're going to try to make it earlier. Okay. Yeah, well, bottom line, if you guys are here, I'm dragging you fuckers out there. Hell um, yeah! You don't got to drag us, bitch. I'll <laughs> drag you. Uh, so, yeah, like, uh, hopefully anyone else who's listening to this is coming out to PAX East. If you're out here early, uh, just uh, come on out to Improv Boston in Central Square in Cambridge, and uh, it, it'll be a rocking good time. A rocking um, good time. But as for this last time, uh, my girlfriend and I took third place. Last time we did it, we got second, so we're actually going down Improved. a little bit. But uh, it... Uh, it was a it was a good time like usual, but uh, enough about that. The other thing I want to talk about is that most of my time this week has been spent once again trying to install Linux on my PS3, which oh. I have done previously. <laughs> um, I think the last time I did it was <clears throat> when I was running Gameslays Radio and I talked about it on there. But uh, the reason I've been trying to do it is because either I think I don't know if it's Hulu or content providers or what, but somebody does not let the PS3 browser like view stuff on Hulu anymore. And yeah, I remember that. That sucked when it happened. Yeah, and Des and I don't watch just cable TV. We only uh, the few shows we watch are either available on Hulu or like a few select other sites. Right. Um. So we mainly watch stuff on Hulu, and we want to watch it on our TV. We hate having to like drag her laptop to over to like where we're gonna sit down and watch it or anything like that. And I was for a while using my S video cable for to hook up my PC to my TV, and that was working fine until I started having all my computer issues. Right. And I I have determined that it is the, at least partially the S video, either the cable or the port's fault, because the last couple times I've been trying to plug it back in, I've had computer issues again. When it's unplugged, I don't have any issues. So that's shit. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe the port's just faulty or something. But what, uh, so what? What kind of TV? Do you have a TV with a VGA in? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just been using the S video. You might want to um, try that because not only will it give you better quality than um well i mean the, the biggest thing is that it'll definitely give you better quality than s video um so yeah i mean try that I, it, what kind of tv is it it's a uh, what is a vizio 42 inch uh, hd tv there's a decent chance that you have a vga in so all you got to do is take that the, the the cable that goes into your monitor and just you know plug it in plug it right. into your tv and say your monitor and except that that one's permanently attached into my monitor so i'd have to buy an extra vga cable but that's not the, a big deal I right just, I, yeah those i wouldn't those cost as much as like candy. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, I have to check. I, I I would have thought if I had had one, I would have just used that. But I don't know. I'll check and yeah. see. But either way, uh, so yeah, the S video thing wasn't working. So we really want to watch Hulu on the TV. So um, and the PS3 browser doesn't work. So I was like, well, the only other option I could think of is uh, I can my I have one of the older uh, PS3s. I think any fat PS3 can do this. Uh, where you can part it basically at built into the PS3's operating system, you can partition off a section for another uh, another operating system. Usually that just means Linux because I haven't been able to find out anything else about installing like Windows or anything else on it. So as far as I know, it's just Linux that works. Um, you can install a copy of Linux on there, and then uh, like that partition there where, uh, at, 
acts as a computer. Uh, so I went through a whole long ass process of trying different versions and stuff and having trouble installing it and having to back up stuff on my PS3 and then having to format my PS3. It's like all this time consuming stuff. And I finally got it working last night. And then when I went to install Flash on the Linux on the PS3, it told me it does not support that hardware architecture. Oh! So I was uh, pretty annoyed about that. <sighs> but I figure after all that trouble I went through putting it on, I'll find something to do with it. Um, like, I know that you can do, like, uh, NES emulation and stuff on it, which there's uh, trygames.net does not condone. Piracy. But uh, yeah, so I, I'll find something to, I'll find something to use that Linux install for, and uh, and then uh, sub- subsequently I happened to find out after all that work that apparently this website Sling.com, which is also a TV like show broadcasting site, uh, does work with the PS. I haven't tried it on the PS3, but I've read that it works with the PS3 and it has all the same shows that we watch. Right. So I may have like wasted a bunch of time for nothing, um, and we could have been watching our shows on the TV anyway. Oh, <laughs> You know, I, I'm thinking. At first, I thought they blocked Hulu because, you know, Sony has its own digital distribution thing for video, and then they also have an agreement with Netflix. So I thought maybe that um, they were trying to block out any competitors. But you say that Sling works because of Slimbox, yeah. so I figure maybe that's not it. So would, why I would they block Hulu? Might... I don't know. Like now, now that you know, I, Hulu had come out and said that it. They they had stated that it was the content providers, but if those content oh. providers are working on uh, that content's working on other sites, it can't be the content providers. Sling is a legitimate site. It's not like yeah. some bootleg site. That they use it um, for Slingbox. I think that's why it's yeah. called Sling. <laughs> so like, and if that does actually work on the PS3, then that means it's not the content providers. I think I've read elsewhere that Hulu has been in like secret talks with Microsoft about getting Hulu possibly on the 360. So mm. that could have something to do with it. Mm. But they better hurry that shit up then. <laughs> right. But yeah, definitely look into that. Um, look into the to the VGA cable. I will. Um, you know what? I'm gonna check my TV right now while you talk about what you've been check playing. Check that shit. Check your TV. Check the back of your TV to see if it has an asshole like everything else in the world, and you can't hear this. Talk about what you've been playing. No, I can hear you. My oh. headphones are still on. Just oh. talk about what you've been playing. Damn it. Okay. Alrighty, I have been playing, and I actually beat. Assassin's Creed 2 yesterday, and boy, is that a good game. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I ended up liking it. Um, I, I I guess I ranted and raved about how much I liked it after my first few hours of it, especially over the first Assassin's Creed. I think the big thing that sells that game for me, though, um, is, the parts, is the part where you explore the tombs and... I think that's because it reminds me of Prince of Persia. The reason why that is... So you, you take the free-running from the first game, and, the, and and even the free-running in this game, and that's all right. That, that, that's good, That's and that, that gives you that slick feeling of I could do anything, and I'm awesome, and I have a hood on, and I have a hidden blade. But it, they kind of built the city, and this is, you know, this is fascinating. I'm not downplaying this. But, you know, they built all their cities so that... I can't remember what uh, Jade Raymond said. She said something about, like, anything that is the equivalent of two inches... Sticking out, Altair or Itzio can grab and climb. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Two inches, grab. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, so they built it in such a way that it seems almost procedural, where it's like, oh, it's not scripted, really. We designed it so that you can just grab onto anything that makes sense, and there are so many ways to just climb to the top of a building if you wanted to that it, it just exploits his abilities. And that's really cool, but at the same time, I guess it's the... the um, 
the the I, again, I hate saying this, but the old school in me that likes that challenge that is built by a designer, like I, so like a lot of the times I I kind of feel that a game designer's job. This is depending on my mood, of course. But a game designer's job is to build the challenge for me, and my job is to overcome that challenge. You know, so when I when I feel like playing something challenging, I want something presented to me. And so these tombs are just like that. These tombs take me back to the Prince of Persia Sands of Time days where they're like, all right, I'm going to take the camera and I'm going to sweep through this one room and show you what we have built out for you. And you have to figure out how to physically get through that shit. Uh, you know, you have to jump to this ledge, climb this pole, jump from this pole to that curtain, slide down, jump off the wall into this part. And you, know, you have to figure it out instead of it just being like, oh, I can I can climb anywhere and I can grab anything. And I like that challenge. I, I like... Um, you know, going through those ledges and 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 who who whoever says they like failing, but you know, failing and learning and trying again. Um, and those tombs take I, I don't know. I, I think on an average it took me about uh, anywhere. Some some of the easier ones took me like 15 minutes. Uh, I think the not the really hard one, but the the one that was kind of sort of obscure, the one with the four challenges in in uh, Venice, took me about like 45 minutes because. There was this one part that I just didn't like. I didn't know that you could climb up the stained glass windows. They weren't even stained glass; they were just windows. But do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like I think yes. it. I think it was San Marco's secret in Venice. With the it, it had a challenge for each cardinal direction. So there's a challenge to the north, a challenge to the south, east, and the west. Once you completed those four challenges, then the then the uh, sarcophagus opened up, or it, it, the, the pathway revealed. Oh right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. So the the one. The one that took me the longest was the one that you had to climb up the window, and then, then you, yeah, it's like basically the the farthest point like in that direction, and then you like climb up and you jump back onto the yep, thing. Exactly. Down, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? exactly. So I I didn't even realize you could climb the window. So I'm looking at all these different poles, and like even after the timer is over, I'm just walking through everything that I'm doing and just looking and and seeing. Can I grab here? Can I grab that? Can I do this? Can I jump here? Um, but yeah, I mean, just 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 the fact that it's like a it's like a Prince of Persia. You know, people call that in a, uh, call that an environmental puzzle game because, like, the puzzles are in the environments and your physicality and your ability to navigate that. And I really get a kick out of that. That's also why I like Tomb Raider Legend a lot. Um, and so when they brought these tombs back, I was just like, great, this is awesome because I'm walking around the city and I'm shanking people like like always, which is awesome. And then I come across a secret entrance. I'm like, great, I can just hop in here and do this shit. I don't have to, but it's it's a lot of fun, so I'm going to do it. It's kind of like Oblivion, where I was just roaming the countryside, going to my next goal, and then I happened to see a dungeon. I'm like, huh, let me take a look in here and see what's in here. Um, yeah. And that, that's kind of what I really liked about it. I, I also really liked the double blades, you know, just walking up to somebody and going, Clank! and then his partner, you know, can't help him because he's also shanked in the throat and dying <laughs> and gurgling. Um, and to tell you the truth, I did not do, I did not do a single side mission that was not required. And and I never felt bored. That's how kind that that's kind of how varied I felt this game was, especially in comparison to the first one. And maybe maybe if I never played the first one, perhaps I wouldn't be so high on this game because it's one of those things where it's just like, man, this first game had so. And we're actually gonna try to talk about this during Let's Rebooting the first Assassin's Creed. But with that first one, it was just like, man, there are so many cool ideas, but they keep repeating the same thing over and over again. God, what a waste. And then the second comes around, and it's just like, this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. This is what it should have been in the first place. Oh, my God, it's so great. Ah! You know? So I guess expectations were a little bit dampened, and then 
kind of like surprised when I, which is which is not entirely true because I read all the reviews and I knew that it was everybody thought it was better, but I wasn't expecting to feel so fulfilled with that game. Now the story kind of got hokey, but that's okay. I mean, it was already hokey in the first place, so um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I just I, I really got a kick out of the game. I, it's the first time in a long time that I've finished a multi. How long did it take you to finish it? Because I I wasn't counting the hours. Um, well, I kind of rushed through it because I was just borrowing it, and you know, from GameStop, right. and like, so, well, I'm trying to average. See, uh, I'm just gonna say roughly 20 hours. See, I wish all consoles had to built had a built-in timer for all the games that you played that you could turn yeah. on at your whim, so I could see how long I've been playing it. Yeah, like I mean, Steam does that; it tells you how long you've played a game. Like, why can't like as part of the achievements in 360, can't they say you know put a time spent playing this game type of thing? Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um. But uh, bear in mind, I was going to say, like, that 20 hours wasn't just to beat the game. That was to get the full 1,000 points because a lot of time was spent searching for those damn feathers. Right, I know. You told me you got the feathers and you got everything else. So, yeah, I, see, I didn't bother with that. So maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i about 15. But the oh, the only other games in recent memory that I've beaten in, like, a week are, like, the short 7- to 8-hour action games like God of War. Right. Um, And this is the first time that I've beaten something that's kind of expansive in a week. And part of that is because... I was working from home this week because, you know, at work they didn't financially approve me to, to travel out to the client site, so I was working from home. Uh, so I was able to, you know, after I got back from the gym, instead of just, you know, watching basketball, which I usually do, I was actually actually play, able to play this. Um, but I think it, the other thing is that um, if I had to relegate this to the weekend, I probably would have, like, bulldozed, it, bulldozed through it over last weekend and this weekend and not gotten any sleep um, because that, like, every... Not every, but like every other waking hour, I was just like, "Huh, I wonder if I can beat this tomb." Huh, I wonder how far I can get in this. Huh, and it's it, it was it just sucked me in the in, in a way that the first one was more like, "All right, let's put this in. Let's let's see if I can get through this memory block. Let's get it over with." You know, I wasn't looking forward to it. I felt like I had to beat it out of obligation. Uh, but this one was was more of a like, "Yes, I really want to get through this." I, I don't – one of the things I didn't like, um, and you can provide your insight on this, is the the requirement that they imposed on you that you had to fight certain bosses. I think what made the first game at least a little bit intriguing for me is the fact that um, your assassination targets, save for the uh, final one, not to spoil anything so I won't say anything, you could – you could just shank them. Most of the time, except for the except for the second to last one, actually, I think, I, I, whatever. But most of the time, like you know, they're they're standing there and they're talking, and then they walk away uh, into the crowd, and you have to find them, you shank them, or or something, or you have to chase after them, and you shank them. But the idea is that you know because you're an assassin, it's a one hit kill. And in this one, sometimes they do force you to fight them. Right. And I, I think I th- I think they were just because of how they were trying to set up the story and, right in this one right. like because in the first one it wasn't so much about story I mean it was more like the first one Altair stuff wasn't really s- super story driven it was more Desmond stuff that was story driven right you know? and this, in the second <laughs> one it's definitely Ezio's story and it's like rather long um and so like yeah the progression of that story has you like kind of fighting uh fighting your villains more than just like having them be just like any other character, which in the first game was like, that's what your targets were. They were just like any other character. Right. The and first game was more Hitman-esque. Right. The second one was more... I gotta like, go back to that game. Man, you just reminded me. I gotta go back to Blood, Blood Bunny. That was a great game. Um, 
No, I, I totally agree, and I think I think that for the purpose of the story, it, it does make sense. Um, I, I just felt a, a tiny twinge of this kind of takes away from the spirit of you know assassination. You know right. what I mean? I didn't mind it so much, but I just felt that it's one part where I, I kind of missed that sensation. That's pretty much all. Um, I I feel like they might have been able to handle it in such a way where you could shank them and then still get the story out of it. Um, if 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 you know what I'm talking for anybody who's played through the entire game and you know I'm gonna yeah keep... there were fights where like I was try I like. <laughs> I should have been able to assassinate the guy, but it just wouldn't let me because, right. like, his health bar wasn't down. His or, health like, bar wasn't, didn't... yeah. His health bar wasn't down or it wasn't his time to die within the story. Right. You know, and in that case, I'm just like, well, you shouldn't make us fight him. You should make him run away And even when they run away, like, there was times where people did run away and I would catch them and it wouldn't let me, yeah. you know, do the lunge assassination, <laughs> yeah. whereas I should have been able to. And I'm like, come on, I'm right there. I can't right. jump on him. And then you realize, oh, the... They're forcing us, okay, so this already spoils the fact for me that this character is going to live on, you know? So At least for one more cutscene. At least for one more <laughs> cutscene, yeah. So, and, and if anybody know, has played this game through the, uh, through the end and knows what I'm talking about, um, you know, j- jumping down from above and then assassinating a certain one and then having it actually not happen and then fighting and, and then him getting up and fighting back at you, that's kind of like, that kind of breaks it, you know what I mean? Because... I'm not going to get into it because I, it's, I, I have to keep it vague, and if I have to keep it vague, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. So. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but that's because yeah, I beat it. Exactly, right. But I meant other people who you know who might be playing yeah. video games at the same time as they're listening to this podcast, Asbro. Might not, um, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, just, it just feels like it breaks the spirit of it a little bit. But it didn't, it, it's just a minor complaint, you know what I mean? You have to find something to complain, complain about, of course. But... You know, other than that, I thought it was great. I, I, I did have, I still continue to have slight issue with, oh, I can do anything I want if I hold down R and A. I, I, I still slightly miss that Prince of Persia esque, like you still have to press buttons in order to do the simplest thing. And they, and, and you know, don't get me wrong, Prince of Persia didn't make it complicated. They made it super simple to, to climb things while still having to press buttons, and that's why I liked it a lot because I still felt like I was doing something. But you know, in this one, like I said last week. Um, because they make Ezio seem so much more uh, adept at doing what he does, it, it, at least it mimics the sensation that he doesn't really have to try that hard to do what he's doing, and so neither do you. So I can kind of forgive it a little bit more there. Um, I I didn't end up using any other weapons aside from the hidden blade and the uh, and the sword up until like the the last two sequences when I accidentally bought a mace. I bought a no 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 so I so I bought a mace and I accidentally forgot to unequip it, um, and so when I was fighting the next time, when I drew my sword like he drew out this club I'm like what the fuck is this, and then he started hammering the shit out of everybody he was fighting so I'm like you know what I think I will keep this because this is awesome, um, but yeah I I didn't I, I used the gun once and there was a there was a a side quest a mandatory side quest where this guy uh, was slicing up whores. I, literally, uh, like he he sliced one up and then he took another one hostage and he was like, "Don't come any closer." So I'm like, "All right, I won't come any closer. I'll just use the gun and I'll kill you." And that was about it. O- otherwise, I think you're. I think that mission is you are meant to use the gun. I remember that mission and I think you have to use the gun. Oh, okay. So then I guess I did the right. Because I only used the gun a couple times too, and right. I remember using it on that mission as well. And I think it's because I was forced to. Because like you, I pretty much stick to hidden blades and swords. Right. Um, I am intrigued by the gun though. Like I would use it other times. I just, you know, I just like the, the dual hidden blades so much. 
Um, I was bad with it because I couldn't ever get it to actually like I, I couldn't get it to lock on anybody and uh, whenever I shot I wasn't shooting right like I had much better luck with the throwing blades but even those I don't really use like for archers and stuff I just run up and hit and blade them yeah um but let's see what else did I use I I used I I did use the smoke bombs quite a bit smoke bombs are kind of awesome because what I started doing was I would throw I would walk up to soldiers and they'd look at me they're like hey I recognize you. Who are you? And then I'd throw that shit down and they'd start coughing. And there are four soldiers coughing, so I'd just walk up to two of them, dual blade them, and then walk up to the final two and dual blade those those last ones. And so when the smoke clears, I'm gone, and there are like four bodies lying there, and no one knows what happens. And That's it, pretty cool. I didn't use those at all except for the one you were forced to. Right, when, they, when they're like, you can use this to get away. No, give that a shot. It's, it's satisfying because you know how sometimes – like the first time that I was trying to look for a codex page – um, and for anyone who doesn't know, uh, this certain item that you look for, there are 30 pieces of codex page. There are 30 codex pages that you look for, and most of them are like in rooms that are guarded by soldiers, and you have to get by those soldiers somehow. You can use the smoke bombs there. Yep. Oh, I just kept hiring whores. <laughs> so did I. So did I until like that's what I did. I would hire whores or thieves to distract yeah. them, and then when I um, there's this one mission in Venice where I had to assassinate soldiers around the city and there were some soldiers on a boat and so what I did was I couldn't manage my way around it so I climbed onto the boat and I knew they were going to see me so I just climbed on threw a smoke bomb and they were coughing and I shanked them however soldiers on the other side of the boat saw me throw the smoke bomb and ran towards the smoke ran towards the smoke inhaled it started coughing and I shanked them too and I'm like wow <laughs> If people are this gullible, maybe I can use them in front of a codex page. And so I did, and it worked. So I'm like, all right, shit. Um, this one time I hired whores to uh, distract them, and, and I went in to get the page. But when I, when I was about to leave the building, they were done being distracted, and they returned to their posts. So I had to run out of there. They're like, oh, there's the, the, the assassin or whatever. They ran after me. I'm just like, well, I, heard, I already have my page, so I'm fine. But there are some instances where it's gamey. Like, and, and when I say gamey, like, that doesn't mean that I dislike games, but in terms of, like, you can tell that it's artificial, where uh, I would be on a rooftop and I'd assassinate some poor schmuck who, with a bow and arrow. Uh, but then, like, the rooftop across from me, maybe, like, I don't know, 30 feet across from me or something, I don't know. Like, the guy would be facing us, and he wouldn't blink an eye, you know? So it's like, it was like I was just outside of his range of, of, of vision, that he didn't see anything that was going on. So, you know, it, that's the type of thing that kind of breaks you away from the experience. Yeah. You know, you assassinate someone, you're like, oh shit, did he see me? And you turn around, and he's staring right at you, 30 feet away. But technically, no, he didn't see you. He's outside, you're outside of his cone, you know, so. But, I mean, otherwise, if if I review this for Trigames, which I probably will, and I just got a spam message from Skype, uh, <laughs> block this person. But I, you know, depending on how my review pans out, like, I, I would give it a, a five, bo five Trigames boxes out of five Trigames boxes, which is just a five out of five. Like, <laughs> between a four and a five, depending, like, I have to sit down and think about it, because there are some problems that I'm probably not remembering. But then, like, Is there a gradient scale? Like, can you give it, like, four boxes and a box flap? A box flap. No. No, I... <laughs> but, I mean, if, if I have to think really hard about the things that disappointed me about this game, then, then I think that just goes to show how good it was. So, you know... Okay, I, so you know what I want for the Assassin's Creed 3? 
Remember when Oblivion, before it came out, how they were talking about how the world was going to have this whole life cycle thing where people were going to go about, like, their business and, like, there'd be, like, this day-night cycle where people would, like, during the day would be out shopping and, like, doing – just doing random uh, – what did they – they had a word for it. Um, I guess just – oh, emergent. It was just – they would be doing emergent stuff. It was emergent AI. And, like, so they would be living lives and then go to bed at night and right. stuff. And you were supposed to be able to – you know, you could screw up their life by just, like – by coming into it and like you could kill them in their sleep or something like that. Like just like, but you never knew where they were going to be. They weren't on a path, but then when the game came out, they actually were just on a path. Right. So maybe by now technology has gotten to the point where they could actually do something with that emergent AI and do that for Assassin's Creed. That would be fantastic. Where your targets are just part of the world, like on their own emergent AI paths. Um, and then, yeah, like you would, then it kind of could hark back to the first one where it's like, you can just, like get lucky and assassinate them in like the middle of a crowd or something like that and get away like that would be good i mean it sounds it seems to me like the the game's going way more heavy story driven which i'm okay with but i mean for the actual assassination gameplay part i would like it more if it was like the first one yeah i agree um he- here's another gamey moment that i found um regarding assassinations now that you you reminded me of this there was there was one person who um spoiler alert uh, and, and obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, be specific, specific. But he is in a, he's in his palace, or plaza, or whatever, and he is paranoid. So he is like, call my boat. I'm gonna get on my boat and and sail away. And I was on the side of the building while I was listening to this conversation, and I noticed on the map that there was an entrance to this building, and I dropped down. But little did I realize that I was dropping down into water. So I'm like, oh shit, did I miss the entrance? And then, because I had taken so long to find that point, the boat that he called had already arrived. So when I dropped down into the water, I saw the entrance, but I also saw the boat. So I'm like, is this the boat he's talking about? Let me stay, let, let me get on this boat. And, and when I say boat, it's not like a big ship. It was just more like a, it was like a small gondola. It's like, let me get on this thing and stand at the edge so I'm hiding behind the wall but still staying on the boat. So he runs down the stairs and gets onto the boat. And the instant that he gets onto the boat, I shank him. And it gives me the assassination scene. You know, I get Requiem and Pache, whatever, rest in peace and all that shit. And then, after, after that part's over, it says, desynchronized. The subject has escaped to his boat. I'm like, what? Aww. He got to his boat? Yeah, but I killed him on the boat. So what the fuck gives? And so I thought maybe that was a bug. And so I thought that maybe after it reloaded, it would be like, oh, you know, achievement unlocked, blah, blah, blah. No, it started me back at the beginning of the mission. And I'm like, what? So, at that point, I, I just, um... I, uh, I, I, instead of st- sitting on the boat, I, I went into the doorway just ahead of the boat. And I thought I was going to get caught because there are soldiers guarding that doorway, but they're facing away from me. <laughs> so yeah. I'm standing there this whole time while the target's, like, walking around his building, being paranoid and talking. I'm standing there this whole time. Nobody notices me um, until the guy comes. He's like, oh, is my boat there? Good. Same, I did the same thing except I was in the, st- in the doorway instead of the boat. He comes running down, and I smash into him right then and there. And right as I kill him, that's when everyone's like, oh, assassin, and they come after me. But then I just, you know, I, I run away. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, but, yeah, the, that type of thing was just kind of like, ugh, you know. Um, let's see what else about that game. I, I, I'm tempted to go back and do the side missions just because, but I, I, I kind of don't want to because I've already had my fun with the game. You know what I mean? Like I, I think what I had was a great, satisfying experience, and if I try to go back and do more just for the fuck of it, it might kind of 
it might kind of become grating. It's like, all right, I've I've kind of had enough of this. I should have left it where it was. You know that that thing about where, um, where people say like, just because a game is short doesn't mean it's bad. You know, like sometimes it is it is the experience as is. You know, is a certain length for a certain reason. Or your enjoyment of a game, uh, even without doing side missions, you enjoyed it for a certain reason. And if you kind of mess with that, you might ruin what your memory of that game was. So I'm not going to go back and finish all the all the stuff. At one point, I wanted to get all the viewpoints, but after I've beaten it, I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I, I've, I've had my fill of it. Great game. I don't want to do it again. I don't want to ruin my memory. So um, do, you, do you think that you'd buy it? Well, no, you already had the full achievement points, so... You don't need to. For the first one or second, the second one? one. Talking the second one. Yeah, second one I do. Uh, yeah. But I probably would want to own it, uh, even though I already had the full thousand. Because I, I own the first one, um, and I don't have the full thousand in the first one, so eventually I'll have to go back and get to the full thousand on that. But uh, just, like, I would like to own, I don't know, if I, I'm assuming it's just going to be a trilogy. I, I remember them talking about a trilogy. I don't know if it'll extend beyond that, but uh, I'll, like, I'll want to own it just as a series. Um I don't know why. Just because it's it, I love it. <laughs> what did you think of? And you know, continuing continuing to be vague here. What did you think of the the where the story turned in terms of like what the threat is? Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to talk about it without just being specific. Well, you don't have to <coughs> excuse me. You don't have to talk too much about it. Like your overall general feeling I mean, on it. I like that. <laughs> okay, are you asking about Desmond or like? Like the stuff that happened with Desmond. Ezio. I should say Desmond. Okay, the Desmond stuff I really like because I I'm intrigued. Like like I I said it when I when I had talked about the on the podcast when I had said that I'd be in it about how with the first one when it ended I was just like you know um, wow I wonder where they're gonna go with this because like it was just kind of like you weren't really sure what, what all this was me- meaning and stuff and at the end of this one it's just like uh, holy fuck where is this gonna go now kind of moment because um, like. I mean, the ending of Ezio stuff ties in with Desmond, obviously. Right, right. Um, and it is, like, completely not what I was expect. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but... It, it wasn't like, that. I'm- <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't that. And uh, the stuff that they go they present with the, uh, the glyphs, um, I loved all that stuff, like figuring out the puzzles and how those related to the story mm-hmm. and then getting the, uh, the truth video. Yep. Uh, after you uh, got all the glyphs and stuff, like it just it is starting to make certain pieces make sense, but then raising other questions. It's like an it's like an episode of Lost, <laughs> oh. um, where it's like you just don't really know what the fuck's going on, but I can't help but Jacob just be, <laughs> be wrapped up in it. This whole game is made by Jacob. That's it. No. <laughs> I I see. I'm intrigued, but at the same time, like when I when I saw what they were talking about. Um, you know, when Ezio sees that whole reveal and then, like, the part that ties together is cool. But the part that um, that is being explained to Ezio, like, oh, what this all is, I was just like, <sighs> every time, you know, a, a game or a movie series or something, tr- like, presents you, the, the, in the first game, it presents you with some kind of big, intriguing thing. And then with the second one, they're like, we have to top that. And I'm like, sometimes it works, but sometimes you just go way overboard. And this is just so for you. It's like it's like Matrix to Matrix Reloaded. Well, the the Matrix Reloaded, no, because I I um like I don't know when you the way you said that made me think of like how the end of the Matrix, you know, Neo flies away, and you're like, 
wow, what the hell? What, what what's going on now? It's kind of just like a it it it's a good good ending that leaves you wondering and then the Matrix Reloaded is like we gotta go all fucking out and be all crazy well see the thing with the Matrix Reloaded is I, I do agree that they did do that but it worked for me because it at least when I was watching that movie I always felt a sense that we were missing part of the picture and we weren't seeing the whole thing you know they always talked about Zion we never got to see it they always talked about all these things that happened that might have to happen later and we never get to see it and like I, I was always thinking that considering the this vast network of like you know hackers, what they call themselves, like it can't just be limited to these guys on the Nebuchadnezzar. So there's got to be something else that we're missing. With this game, it's like they've set something that's already so intriguing with the Templars and the Assassins, and and you know where the first game goes with that, and what the what each faction is trying to do. Again, I won't describe that, but and that's all well and good. That's great, and I thought that the second one would answer these questions as well as raise more within this framework. But then they took it above and beyond, and it's just kind of it just kind of got hokey. And it was like, like every kind of medium wants to do this. They want to say, for example, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull an example out of my ass at a lot of sci-fi games. It was just like, oh, actually, you know, this game takes place billions of years ago with an advanced race that had super technology, and like all this technology got wiped out, and then like humans, humanity as we know it today is really like, you know light years behind their ancestors. And I'm just like, this happens in every single fucking sci-fi thing, which is an exaggeration, not every single one. But this kind of... Rem- wasn't that uh, wasn't that the plot to Mission to Mars or something like that? I don't know. It was like... But things like Xenogears for video games are like, spoiler alert, cover your ears for the next 10 minutes. Uh, sorry, 10 seconds. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> okay, things like that. It's like, oh, we're going to turn this... You know what I mean? And I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's played out by this point. And this kind of... This is not necessarily that. I'm not going to confirm nor deny whether or not Assassin's Creed goes down that route, but the way that they went about it kind of reminded me of that. And it's just like, really? Did you really have to go that far above and beyond? Because what you had in place already was so intriguing that this just kind of seems like overkill, you know? See, for me, I'm not so much into whatever their, like, overlying story of why this stuff is happening. I'm more into the religious aspects of it because I, like... Have a fascination with religion stuff, right? Right. Um, and uh, the De- like Desmond in particular, his like his plot line and his story through it, like, um, because you like people didn't like him in the first game. I actually enjoyed this, even though you really didn't get to do much with him. I enjoyed playing with. I it, did too. Playing his part. I did as well. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I I when I was playing as Altair, even though those were enjoyable, I was yearning to get back to the future parts to <laughs> back to the future. <laughs> uh, to see, like, continue that story thread and figure out what exactly is going on with this character. And then in the second one, again, I loved his parts, and I'm hoping the third one is definitely playing him a lot more because, like, you got a taste of it in, in the... Oh, sorry, spoilers. Um, Spider Vampire! <laughs> I mean, it's not a major spoiler, but in the second one, you get to do a little bit of, like... Well, it happens right in the beginning of the game. Well, the running away, but, like, not so much the, uh, the tra- <laughs> traversal stuff, um, which... It's not so much of a spoiler to say that as Desmond, you get to do a little bit of traversal stuff in Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, and I guess, yeah, it does kind of happen in the beginning. Okay, I'm going to stop talking before I do spoil <laughs> too much. Either way, uh, you get a small taste of that stuff. So hopefully in the third one, it's a lot yeah. more playing as him because I really like his character. Right. And I want to play a game as him. Right, right. I, I, I totally agree with you in, in, as far as the specifics of the story goes. Religion, great. Desmond stuff, great. I think my problem is with where they took the overarching thing. And while I could try to ignore it, 
they've put it so far in front of your, so close in front of your face that it's like you can't you kind of can't ignore it. You know, yeah. they, it's it's like they dropped a big ass ball on your head. You know, and I'm just like, oh, don't not this again. You know, um, but other than that, like everything else about the story, I'm I'm cool with, and um, I, I basically so far have no complaints. I really like that you were talking about the glyphs. And just the fact that you get little pieces of story while you're figuring out these puzzles, not necessarily story, but how it ties into history, is awesome. Like, I really like that. Like, I'm not going to say who's in what uh, in terms of, like, what faction or where, but, like, you know, they, 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 they name drop Henry Ford, they name drop Hitler, they name drop Machiavelli, all these historical figures that, you know, it's, they're probably just making it up. But it's really fun to think about, like, huh, what, this, this is actually kind of believable. You know, so I thought that was really cool, and obviously I'm not going to reveal in what context that they get named. It's all minor. It's all supremely minor. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I just – that – it's just fun. It doesn't make it a better game, you know, because like I said, I'm not hugely a story guy. But just as far as just like, you know, little fun things here and there, I really like that. And I will turn on the game again to read all the codex pages. Not necessarily to play the side missions, but to read the pages just for the shit of it. Or maybe – I don't know. Maybe I'll look it up on GameFAQs or something. But – like I, I do like the fiction surrounding this, and it's one of those things where you know you read Dan Brown's stupid ass books, like oh, angels and demons and the Da Vinci Code. Oh, I haven't actually read them. I haven't even seen the movies. They, they do the whole, they do the same thing with like religion and the Templars and stuff. Personally, I like this shit better, probably because it was yeah. presented in video game form. But still, you know, I like this fiction better. And and like Dan Brown is, ugh, I don't like his writing. It's, it's, he he's one of those I'm gonna make this book because I know it's gonna become a movie writer. He's not actually a good writer, so fuck him. Um, I, not not that I'm great a writer either, but whatever. Um, I think the because uh, you mentioned not having actually read all the codex pages or whatever, and you might go read them online. I think I mean I guess you don't need to read them in the context of actually playing the game, but I think they are important to read for story's sake. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they all are. I mean, Altair wrote them all. Yeah. Um. So it it definitely. It has some interesting yeah. tidbits in there. That's why I want to go back um, and read them, yeah. That's, ex- yeah. that's definitely when I want to go back. Like, I was, re- I read the first one, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to sit here and read this, but I need to finish this game first. Like, my, my goal first and foremost with, you know, games like this is to play the game and finish it. But, like, every time I brought back a codex page, I'm like, I, I want to press A to read this. Uh, I shouldn't. So I went, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to go back, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I waited till I collected them all. And then you read them all in one shot? Read, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a smart thing to do. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, that's all I've been playing, and I think you talk about what you've been playing. Al is still not back. Um, oh, I wanted to mention I do apparently have a VGA port on my TV. Good, nice. Uh, I look like it. I couldn't get a good look, but it, it looked like that kind of port. So I just figured I'd update since we were talking about it earlier. What kind of Xbox do you have? Do you have an HDMI one or the old one? Uh, HDMI one. Okay, I was gonna say if you had an old one, you could hook that up through VGA as well. For for a slightly better, actually no, a much better resolution. Like the the VGA VGA is better than HDMI. No, no, I was talking about component because I didn't. Oh, I oh, thought right. you might have had the component one, but HDMI would would give you the same if not better. So, but like yeah, VGA okay. would 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 be pretty good. Uh, the only problem is that I I don't think it necessarily fills the entire screen. Like there might be like a few pixels on top and bottom, but I, in my experience, uh, VGA is always crisper than component because it it goes on a per pixel basis. Because it's like it's, ah. it treats it like a computer, you know. Right. The 360 is smart enough that when you plug in a VGA cable, it actually gives you resolutions. It doesn't say 720p or 1080i. It says 1280 by 768, 1280 by 1024, right. and that's what I like about it. So that's why I use a VGA cable uh, on my monitor. 
Um, and that's it for what we've been doing slash playing. Um, Al is not back yet. He wanted to talk about Final Fantasy XII and Indigo Prophecy. We'll let him do that when he gets back, if he gets back in time. But we're going to take a short break, and we're going to move on to... Hey, guess what? More Assassin's Creed, because that's our Let's Rebooting. And it's our Let's Rebooting because I know P.D. Pablo remembers that game. Oh, we're not going to talk about new stuff? Nah. Nah. Unless you want to talk I about would... a topic. Well, there was, like, I figured we'd talk about, like, just talk about random stuff since we just talked about Assassin's Creed for, like, a half hour. We could talk about Assassin's Creed as random stuff for the next half hour. All right, if you want to keep talking about Assassin's Creed, Ass- it's your a- show, Well, man. Assassin's Creed has two asses in it, which is awesome, so, you know. Yeehaw. Let's take a break. <laughs> You want to hear some random stuff real sure. quick because I wanted yeah. to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Have you? I don't know if you've been following news. I don't really follow it as much anymore, but I just like because I didn't know if we were going to do news stories. So I popped up uh, one up news site, and like three of the like or maybe three or four of the stories on the first page had to do with things giving away free games. Like I just want to run this down real quick. So one of the news stories says Sony offering free game with PSP Go. If you buy a PSP Go before March twenty first, you can either get Assassin's Creed or Little Big Planet. Um, what else is there? Uh, hang on, I gotta scroll down. Blah blah blah. Saints Row Two being given away with Dawn of War Two Chaos Rising. Uh, so yeah, you can get that with that. Uh, and then there was another one somewhere. Do 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 do. Four point five. One of EGM's reviewers gave Assassin's Creed a four point five, but it oh. doesn't say here. It, it's in a joystick blog post, so it doesn't say who, which one it was. But I'm pretty sure it was Crispin. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm almost definitely was. I can't find the other story, but I know... Oh, there it is. Uh, Darksiders owners without code can still get a free copy of Red Faction. So I didn't even know Red Faction Guerrilla was being given away with Darksiders. So yeah, the three of the news stories on uh, one of its main page right now, at least as of this recording, had to do with free games being given away. And I I just find it surprising that... I mean, these aren't like... These aren't old-ass games either. Like, Little Big Planet for PSP is probably uh, fairly... I mean, it's a fairly recent release, and I'm, I'm sure it's probably... It had to have done fairly well, right? Um, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, Red Faction Guerrilla was, you know, a, a top-rated game of last year, and it's, it's being given away with uh, Darksiders. And then Saints Row 2, uh, while it didn't get the sales, was also uh, rated pretty highly, and it's being given away with Dawn of War 2, Chaos Rising. Not that I have anything wrong. Not that I have anything against with against games being given away for it's free, like, especially if they're good yeah. games. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense that, like, like are they – are they saying that these that these new things are doing so badly that they have to you know provide incentive by offering something really good with it? Although Dawn of War Two KS Rising, I can't imagine would do too poorly. I mean, anyone who's into those Dawn of War RTS games are probably going to get that. Um, but uh, PSP Go we know has been doing poorly, so that's understandable why they'd be giving away free games with well, that. And Darksiders, I could see, was pro- has probably not performed to expectations. Well, the, so, so are you, as you're looking at this, clarify for me again. Um, is this retailer-driven or publisher-driven and making the retailers do it? Like, is it okay. mail-order? Like, how is it working? Well, Darksiders was actually a bonus with the game, I believe. Um, yeah, it says something, uh, let's see. Last week brought word that the mystery code found in every new copy of Darksiders was worth a free copy of Red Faction Guerrilla. 
Uh, if you lost your code, though, there's still hope. So I, that was probably a buy the game new bonus, you know. Right. Uh, but apparently nobody knew about it because it was a mystery code. So it's not like it was advertised as, hey, you can use this to get Red Faction Guerrilla. If I had known that, I may have uh, tried to swap so the code. Yeah. Out of <laughs> that's definitely um, so. That's definitely publisher driven. That one is publisher driven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the PSP one is definitely publisher driven right. because obviously Sony's giving away. Uh, well, no, Ubisoft, uh, Assassin's Creed is Ubisoft, uh, but uh, Little Big Planet. Um, so that that's clearly publisher driven and most likely due to the flagging sales of PSP. Uh, Saints Row Two is also publisher driven. THQ offering yet another free game when you buy the upcoming expansion. Um, if you wait, actually, if you buy Chaos Rising at a GameStop or Best Buy or download it from Game Test Steam, okay, yeah. If you buy, so basically, if you buy from any of the major sources, you get a copy of Saints Row Two. So that's also it seems like all three of these are publisher driven. Um so that's why I'm thinking that they just aren't expecting things to perform to expectations. Let me see. Red Faction Gorilla. Uh Gorilla Sales. See, I, when did this game come out? Uh Red Faction Gorilla. Yeah, like like summer or or sp- Yeah, so it was around summer last year, I think. Okay, I'm looking at vgcharts.com with a z. You know, and and these sites, I don't know how accurate they are, but um, I don't understand how to read this chart. <laughs> it looks like um, it looks like thus far it's sold a shade under two hundred thousand copies, not counting Walmart numbers. Um, again, I I don't know how to necessarily read. Oh no, I'm sorry. This is this is week. This is by week. Okay, so within the first ten weeks of its release, it sold looks like a shade over half a million so 0.65 million um which is worldwide which is not terrible not entirely great um i don't know uh, maybe yeah I, I think you're right what were they giving red faction gorilla away with again uh, darksiders that was with yeah uh that was with darksiders yeah so let's see darksiders 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 for xbox 360 um well, in its first week, Darksiders sold globally 225,000 sans Walmart numbers, so it's not like it's doing bad, you know. But I think – I don't know. Uh, th- that's a good question. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know why they feel the need to – maybe um, maybe public, maybe retailers were expecting more and they're selling back the games, you know, because I know that if sales don't meet expectations, they, they do a sellback. Um, maybe – because Darksiders came out uh, after the holidays or, or during? After, right? Um, yeah, Darksiders came out early Gen... I'm trying to remember when I borrowed it and played it. Yeah, it was early January, I think. So, I don't think that there is much room for, for, for them to be disappointed because it wasn't even the holiday season anymore. So, I don't know why they're, why they would be doing this for Darksiders' sake. Um, it's only been out for six weeks, but I don't know, maybe... Well, the sales are slowing down dramatically. So, if you look at a week by week, from week one to week six, it goes from 225,000 to 108,000 to 60,000. 3,000 to 36,000 to 20,000 and this past week 8,000 so it's like dwindling and maybe they see that and they're just like huh maybe we better get the ball rolling on this because the other thing though these these types of games aren't and I I hate to fucking bring up like jargon but these aren't really long tail games these are the blockbuster wannabes that come out first week sell hundreds of thousands and then taper off really fast Right, and so maybe they want to kind of get in on that, you know, evergreen slash long tail type of thing, and be like, you know what? No, we want to keep this thing alive. Um, and I don't know. I I don't know if that's going to help because I feel like these are the type of games that, 
Well, something like Darksiders, it's like if you knew that you wanted it, you would have already gotten it. Right. Or you're waiting for the price to go down because you have way too many other games to play. Like me! Uh, but, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not like something that's entirely word-of-mouth-driven like... Um, and I'm trying to think here what other game has had a long tail in the past. I can't even think because I, I stopped paying attention to sales numbers. But those types of games or other games that just kind of carry on through the casual market just because someone's going to pick it up at any random time and it's always going to be good no matter where you go. Like like a Mario Kart or something like that. You know? So it, I, I think with these games, the, the best you can hope for is strategize when you release it and market it the right way. Because that first week, you're going to get your biggest burst, and then from then on, you're going to get stragglers. It's not going to be consistent. It's not going to be, like, long-living. So, you know, unless unless it hits status, like PlayStation Platinum hits. I'm sorry, it's the Xbox. Xbox Platinum hits or, 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 or PlayStation Greatest hits or something like that. You're not going to get that kind of, like, steady, steady kind of, you know, ebb and flow. Um, so, well, hey, you know what it means? More free games for us. Fuck that. Yeah, like I said, I have no problem with free games. I was just, I, I it, it was just uh, hard for me to fathom why they were doing this. Um, you know, if it weren't for the fact that dark that I would get Darksiders on a console instead of the PC, I would actually go for Darksiders right now and pay the full sixty dollars. I never pay sixty dollars for a retail game uh, unless I have like a lot of used games to sell back or some store credit or something to chip off of it. But I never like go in with cash and like sixty dollars. Yes, I will pay you. But right. if if it came with a free game, then that's thirty thirty, and I would definitely do that. But I don't want to play Red Faction Guerrilla on a console. That's the thing. Yeah, you, um, it, it, the code is only good for that same console, right? And it's funny because, like, yeah, I would assume so. I don't know. It, it didn't look like the news story really said much. But uh, I was gonna say the same thing kind of goes true for uh, Saints Row Two with uh, Dawn of War Two uh, Chaos Rising or whatever it is. I would want to play I, if I was playing the Dawn of War series, which is a great series. But I'd be playing on PC and Saints Row Two. I'd be playing on a console. Right. Um, and then uh, as far as the PSP Go one is, it's still like even though they're giving away a free game, it's still – if they were giving that free game with the purchase of any PSP, I would totally go buy a PSP. But I don't want a PSP Go even though they're giving away a free game. See, I think the I, – I really, really think that they – without the UMD in there – like I am fine without a UMD drive if – they did a Kindle slash iPad. I can't believe I'm bringing the iPad into this. That thing looks so stupid. <laughs> I, that thing just – I saw that. I'm like, great, a bigger iPod Touch. I don't want either of them. Anyway, but the fact that the fact that they don't have an, a, a Kindle slash um, Nook slash iPad type deal where it's like, oh, you know, you just subscribe to AT&T and you have permanent network connectivity wherever you go because Wi-Fi is not – it's still not ubiquitous. And you can't just jump on Wi-Fi. You have to sometimes pay for it, or you have to like get like the you have to get the code from somewhere. You can't just automatically jump onto it like you can with a cell phone service. So right. that makes downloading games like that not entirely practical because you can't get it done all the time. That I think that's what I was saying when I was when we were doing the podcast when I was in Tokyo. Like when they finally get that network up, if the PSP Go could be compatible with that, I would actually get one because then I, that means that if you know, I'm walking to my friend's house, and I'm like, "Huh, I really want to try Soul Calibur. I could get it right then and there." Right. Um, and I think that's that that when they said, when they announced that thing, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you know, we see this as a device that could, you know, I don't even know if they said this, but people got the idea that it was competing against something like an iPod Touch because of the fact that it was like download only, and it's like, no, <laughs> you don't have the network for it. So, um, I don't know. Like, I I I want one for the fact that, um, 
just just for the concept of it. But then I look at my PSP and I'm like, if if I just buy a 16 gigabyte memory stick, that's all I need. The word the... yeah, and if you you already have a PSP, yeah. there's absolutely yeah. no reason to. I, I think that it would make sense for me if like if it came with more memory and it had that network capability, then I would buy it. I would actually buy it. I would sell my regular one and I would buy this one, you know, because I still have an older PSP lying around the house with older firmware that I just never bothered to upgrade because it was from Japan. So, yeah. but um, it, it it's it's just one of those things where you know as I, I do still like my cases and my discs and my physical medium. But when you're talking about a portable console, like the liberation that you feel just from being able to tote it around without sticking in a disc is just like is just great. I mean, the DS is is all right because the, those cards are so small that it's barely a real estate impact. But with the Game Boy Advance, the original Game Boy, and the PSP, and like, ugh, ugh, you know. The worst part about this thing though is that, and I know we're getting off topic here, but like the the memory card that goes into the PSP Go, that's different, right? I think so. Like I don't even. Know how the memory stuff works with the PSP Go? Like, uh, does it, it? It does have a. It has a memory uh, card some... slot, but it's the smaller okay. version, and it's just like if you the micro yeah SD or whatever. the micro SD equivalent of the memory stick, and it's like if you just kept the regular memory stick slot, then I'm sure you would have done a little bit better. <laughs> right. So that that's that's just you know whatever. But hey, Assassin's Creed. Like, <laughs> no, go ahead, keep going. Yeah, Sorry. Well, I was gonna say like uh, just real quick to end that. Like, I would have been fine. If they if they had just kept the PSP the way it was and just took out the UMD drive, because I would I you know me digital distribution a okay and I would have been fine downloading games. Um, but the fact that they changed other stuff around it and like I did hold one in my hands and I can't imagine like it feel like it felt like it would crap my hands trying to play that for an extended period of time because like I liked the uh, elongation of the PSP and even just something like the DS like. When it's smaller and the way I have to hold it in my hands, like it, hey, Al's online. Um, Yay, it finally. made my hands cramp. Uh, once Al gets on, there's one other news story I want to talk about real quick because it kind of has to tie in with something we were talking about last week. Uh, and it's just a real quick sure. thing. And Al's, I'd like to get Al's impression. Sure, to absolutely. So we're gonna take him we're in. gonna take a quick break. Um, we might not talk about Assassin's Creed this week. We'll do it next week possibly because this story ended up being very interesting. Um, I'm glad you brought it up, and uh, we will get Al on the podcast. So. Alright. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, we talked a whole lot about Assassin's Creed 2, which is actually a good thing that you missed it. Good. Um, we had some vague spoiler vampires in there. Vague, but still spoilerific. So, um, And there was a story that Pete was reading about all these free games, and we were wondering why it's happening. Like, all these publishers are giving, like, a free game with the purchase of XYZ. Oh, and we're, you we're know what to like, you're talking about Darksiders and Red yeah. Faction thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what he found. And I'm just like, why? Because both games did okay, you know? I think that they're trying to get people to buy games. Like, I I wanted to talk about the other side of that yeah. with this SOCOM thing. I, I don't really have... Uh, well, hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really have much to say about the free game thing. I think it's cool, but isn't it like a kind of after-the-fact kind of thing? It's not like, oh, now that I know that they're um, giving out free copies of Red Faction for people who board Darksiders. Let me go buy Darksiders to get a free copy of Red Faction. I don't think that that goes to effect. It was only like people who bought the game. Um, it sounds like you can still do it if you buy a new copy because it sounds like all you need is, from what I read on the news story, it sounds like all you needed was a proof of purchase or receipt and the code that comes inside new games. Mm. It's just that like the people who got it originally didn't know what that code was. 
like because it was not advertised as hey this code is good for a free copy of Red Faction Guerrilla. Mm-hmm. Right. You said it, you said it was a mystery code, right? That's what the uh, that's what the news story said. I'd have to actually look in a if I if I get a chance to look in a new copy again and see what's actually on that code because I don't remember. I didn't look at it when I b- played the game. I just popped the game out and put it in the in the tray. You know, um, the offer really the looks... offer ends March seventh, is what it says. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think if you still buy it, you still can get that. Too bad I'm yeah. not too interested in Red Faction, but. If it was like see Red Faction, I'd be interested in yeah. <laughs> Darksiders is the lesser of the two. Maybe you guys should team up. <laughs> <laughs> I get Darksiders. You should do it because I want both. I do want both games. But I was telling Pete earlier um, while we were talking about this topic is that Red Faction Guerrilla, I'd want to play on PC. Mm. You know. Yeah. So speaking of which, while while you guys continue to discuss, I'm going to look up how much Red Faction Guerrilla is on Steam. It's probably forty bucks. Oh. Well, I'm. I mean, Al, do you have anything else to say about this topic? Because there was something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, I, Twenty dollars on Steam. Wow. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I only wanted to bring up the other side of the spectrum of publishers and wanting you to buy new copies of games with the new developments of um, the PSP SOCOM. You guys heard anything about that? No. What's up with that? Uh, was this what you wanted to talk about, Pete? No, I, we talked about the the Red Faction thing. The Saints Row Two be going with. Uh, dark or uh, dark. Uh, I bet the Dawn of War, Saints Row Two, yeah, right. and the PSP Go giving away free games that's with purchase PSP Go. So that's what we talked about. Okay. But no, I did not hear anything about the SOCOM thing. Well, uh, the new SOCOM that's coming out for PC, uh, PC, PSP. I don't know if it came out already or if it um is coming out in the near future. But this game has a voucher for online play, and if you downloaded the game illegally, or if you bought it used, you have to pay $20 for the online voucher. Nice! So, you have to, um... That's kind of awesome! That is kind of awesome. Sorry, Rob! <laughs> uh, but... The thing is, I'm like, SOCOM. I mean, I, I, I'm not really much a fan of SOCOM in the first place, and even if I wanted to have SOCOM for PSP, I would probably buy it new anyway, but why would I download SOCOM and then on top of that, want to play online? I don't know. I guess, you know, people who really want their SOCOM, they really the, want to play it there online. Are pe- there are people who really want their SOCOM, believe me. Um, yeah, that that I, is I a huge, f- that is a very popular franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I, I never really knew it as such, so I, I couldn't really relate to it. I, I, I know about the... Um, well, that's why people are all over MAG, because it's, it's, it's from Zipper. Oh, the same company. Oh, yeah. right, right, yeah, the same people who did so. Massive action genital. I don't know. I, I, Mag is also something else that's hit and miss with me. Like they were having all these big deals with Mag back when he came out, and I just wonder how. Well, it's it's a it's a military themed shooter that's not entirely Call of Duty Arcadian. Like I know that you're that that's not really that's not really your cup of tea, and it's the same thing with me. Like, I, I, I like more arcade shooters. Well, that's, that's not even what I'm referring to, but uh, I'm, I'm referring to the society of um, players who do play games like MAG as if they were <clears throat> Call of Duty, and it's right. kind of counteractive to the point of MAG. So that's why I'm kind of... Like, I remember reading a, a review of MAG on uh, 1UP, and they were talking about how 
uh, you know, online play is hit or miss because you can wind up getting with people who play right like Call of Duty and they don't want to team up and do strategic things and they right, don't want right. to listen to because you know that there are ranks and right. you can wind up being a squad leader and having a real responsibility and you get rewarded for having responsibility and doing team related things. But then if you have a team that doesn't want to work with you, then you're going to wind up sucking at your objective. But anyhow, um, the SOCOM thing kind of follows in the, uh, in the wake with, of, uh, like the saboteur code. Ha! Huh, titty codes. Uh, you know, these are the codes that basically these companies, they really want you to buy their game new and, um, people are really like kind of going out of their way to make it so that things that are really like the draw of the game are, you know, being required that you purchase the game new or if you don't purchase the game new we're gonna at least charge you half of the price of the game to get it next thing you know they're gonna be like uh here's a game box if you want the disc if if you get this box used or if you steal it from the store then you have to pay twenty dollars go back to the store and pay twenty dollars and show them the box and you get the game you know, that, that's an indirect side effect of digital distribution for another reason why I don't like digital distribution is that they have control over that type of shit, which is, you know, which is well within their rights. But mm-hmm. back before you had complete internet connectivity and distribution and all this shit, like, you bought a game, you bought a game. If you wanted to sell it to your friend, you could, and he could enjoy it to the fullest. He wouldn't have to worry about it being like, oh, this used to belong to my friend and he sold it to me or he gave it to me. And now I have to, like, pay an extra $20 just because it was registered on his Xbox 360. You know, again, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a company protecting their rights as a provider of content. But we, you know, as consumers, it's bad. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. I, I just, it's, you know, it's kinda like, we, should, uh, we should have a choice. Yeah, it's kind of like having games uh, on a PSP Go situation where you can't get the games other than getting them from... Um, from Sony. Right. I mean, I don't know if you can get a voucher. You probably can. You can probably get a voucher, like, order yeah. the game on Amazon. And yeah, but it's but it still come. you'll still have to download it through the provider. Right, but at least you don't have to pay what the provider's asking for, and it's a Oh, I see what situation. you mean. Yes. No, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you can't sell it. It's, it's non-transferable, but right. at the very least, the, the, the pricing scheme isn't, you know, there's no sales. Right. Sony may have a sale every so often, but... It's not like Amazon where every new game comes out at a discounted price and then after a while it may go up or after a while it may go down. Like, you know, right. first generation PSP games are probably still like forty bucks on yeah. PSP store. Yeah. It it's also one of those things where um if I'm buying a used product, any used product, be it games, books, DVDs, clothing, furniture, anything, you buy it used because you know you're getting a lower price and you're going into into it understanding that, hey, it's used, it might not be as reliable as a new product. That's already your penalty for buying something used. And mm-hmm. now with these providers imposing an additional penalty on top of that just because they don't want you to have the choice is is just a little devious and mm-hmm. and just something that I don't agree with. Yeah, I mean, right. it's 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 part of business and it's it's well within their rights, but you know, I I I don't think it's it's good I don't think it's necessarily good consumer relations. And the problem is that so many people are just too stupid to care. Yeah, that that they'll get away with it. Yeah, and, and basically, like just on the general scheme of things, it's good to throw in extra stuff when you buy something new. Yes, and it's bad to take away essential stuff 
or to take away extra yes. stuff. If you're not gonna buy something like, it's, for example, yeah. this God of War thing. You know, you buy the God of War collection, which is what I did, and I bought that new from Amazon, and I got a code to um, to download the demo of God of War three, and I got a free costume, and I got a five dollar discount off of God of War three. Then I bought God of War three, and I got a ten dollar credit toward any game in Amazon mm-hmm. now. And I think I got another um, uh, another God of War demo and costume code or something. Even yeah. though I, I don't know what the situation with that, with that was. But but here, here's the yeah, here's the perfect metaphor I have for that. Um, is back in the days when the internet was new and everything was free. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone would use a site, and then when it became paid, they'd leave it. So. Yep. It's it's one of those things where instead of making us pay for what we've been used to getting for free, add on something that is so irresistible that we have to pay for so that at least you don't lose the customers who can't afford it. True. Instead of taking away something that you have given us. You know, sometimes you can't – you kind of can't support yourself if you give it away for free, but you dug your own grave with that. Right. You, know? you should have started out charging and then or, you know, yeah. people would have seen the value in it and been paying in the beginning. Yeah. It's called a business plan. Yep. Um. And is that is that all you had to say on the subject, or That's is there more? So, Pete, you had another thing to bring up. Yeah, speaking of uh, things that can be taken away, uh, <laughs> dun, dun, um, da. Xbox Live Arcade has uh, well, uh, blah blah blah. Midway has blah, taken blah, blah. Oh, yes. some of their games off of Xbox Live Arcade, and I found this interesting because huh. of you know the impending release of Game Room, and I wonder if this has anything to do with it. Oh. So, the uh, quick. Quick, I'll just read off the blurb on uh, 1UP.com, story by Kat Bailey. Uh, She wrote, If you've been holding off on downloading certain Midway games from the Xbox Live Marketplace, you may be out of luck. Uh, Run DLC is reporting that a number of uh, titles have been pulled from the service due to evolving rights and permissions. Uh, That's in quotes, evolving rights and permissions. Hence, evolving rights and permissions game room, maybe? Maybe. Or the the, the, the dissolution of um, Midway. Midway. I don't think that um, I mean, someone still owns those rights, and maybe like, those rights, the those people who own those rights may not want. It's that's very far fetched, you know. All right, well, we'll it see what happens well if they if they start showing up on game room, then we'll know for sure. And also, if uh, they're still on PSN, then definitely there's that, something fishy going on. That's true too. By the way. So, uh, Time out for a quick second. Darksiders is $43 from Newegg and also from Amazon. So, yes, I, 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 I'm tempted to get it for that free code. <laughs> but, again, don't want to play Red Fraction on, on 360. I want to play it on PC. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Okay, so continuing, uh, the story says, Major Nelson confirmed the removal via Twitter. FYI, uh, quotations, FYI, some Xbox Live titles are no longer available for purchase from Xbox Live Arcade due to publisher evolving rights and permissions, end quote, uh, the list of titles is Cyberball, Defender, Paperboy, Root Beer Tapper, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, Robotron, Joust, Gauntlet, and Smash TV. If you already oh, own any of these it. games, they are still accessible, and if you happen to own any of them, you can still download them. Otherwise, you may have missed your chance. Uh, word of their status will be forthcoming in a future Major Nelson podcast. In the meantime, if you're desperate for some Mortal Kombat, the second game is, the second game is still available for download from the PlayStation Network. Uh, so there you go. Uh, word about their status will be forthcoming in a future Major Nelson podcast. Sounds mm. like he might be revealing something. Mortal Kombat 2 is still available on the PlayStation Network. And, uh, yeah, these just are, you know, classic arcade games Very that true. are all of a sudden gone. Except for so, Mortal Kombat, which I don't really comprehend, but hey, whatever. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I, I'm glad I own seven out of these nine games. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, this isn't the first time Xbox has done this type of thing where it's like taking stuff off and it is only available for those who have already purchased it. But it's the first time I've seen something of this like, like that, like something like this much of one publisher's stuff disappearing at once. Right. Yeah. That yeah. wow. That's so I mean, like Namco stuff just disappears. Namco. <laughs> The reason I wanted to bring it up is because I was curious how you guys felt if you thought this was something that they're doing because of Game Room. I think it sounds it slightly fishy. It does. It sounds like something that would be done for that. That would be done for that reason. I don't mm-hmm. see. Um, like has been brought up. Yes, it could be because of the dissolution of Midway. But like you said, somebody owns those rights somewhere, and they would be foolish to be like, you know what? We don't want to continue distributing this game on a network where people can download it easily and pay us money. And like, we don't it have to put any money toward it. Right, right. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I, I do think it has something either to do with game room or something else. You know, it, it's it's too coin. It's it's got to be more than a coincidence than or or just something like oh yeah, we just can't take it off. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. But that that that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have to say about it too. I just want to bring all right, so uh, instead of talking about Assassin's Creed, since Al has finally joined us, we are going to talk about what he's been playing because he has some very interesting things, I'm assuming, to say about Indigo Fantasy 1213. 1213. Sure, but sure. let's take a quick break so I could take a poop and Pete could take a pee and Al could eat his pancakes. I don't have to pee. Okay, then I, I won't have to pancakes. And I don't have to poop, So, but we'll take a break anyways. We'll be right back. We are back, and for this last little bit of segment, we're going to talk about what Alice has been playing. Al, what you been playing? Oh, so nice. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy XII majorly all week, I believe. Last week I said I was about four hours into the game. Now I'm 24 hours into the game. Oh, 24 is a good number. It's the best number in the world. Uh Uh-oh. Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. Mr. Bauer. Son Um, of a bitch. Uh... Yeah, and I played a little bit of Indigo Prophecy as per Pete's recommendation. And I'd like to start off by talking about Indigo Prophecy. And I'd just like to say that, Pete, this game is crazy. And (laughs) I wish I would have known about it and have had exposure to it earlier. Because I definitely would have played it like back in my adventure game days, back when I was you, playing all Lucas Arts games and the Sierra games and stuff like that. That would have been like right on the top of my list. You're on PC, right? Yeah. I just I just put it into my 360, and it didn't even need to download a patch. It just booted right up. Oh, that's good. So I think it was part of the original backwards compatibility list. But mm-hmm. yeah, so go ahead. Um, the game is definitely very weird, just in terms of uh how the controls, manipulate the character, and how the quick time events work and stuff like that. But it's easy to get used to, which is what I like. Um, the story and what happens, like how things evolve, was weird to me because it felt very, very strange playing both sides of the coin. Right, right. And or three out, sides. Well, I don't even, there's three sides? Well, there, well it's, it's Tyler, Carla, and Lucas. 
sometimes yeah. Tyler and Carla will split up, but it's not often. Right. Usually, right. usually but, you're playing Tyler and Carla together. Right. Oh, okay. and Tyler right. and Carla, they are on the same side, though. Oh, like, that in, in that sense, yes, they're two sides. That's yeah. what I mean. It's it's just very weird to to play from the uh, perpetrator standpoint and the investigator standpoint and try and root for one side. <laughs> You're like, because, let me, let me, let me mess up this character's thing so the other one can get away. <laughs> right. Well, which is kind of like I, I kind of did that once or twice, and I'll just say for the record that um, I'm at the part uh, where um, I, I think I'm like, well, if you want to count chapters, I'm like in chapters ten, eleven, and twelve, where ten is uh, I don't remember the uh, the the killer's name, Lucas. Lucas. Um, Lucas is going to the cemetery. To visit his parents' grave. And, no spoilers. Um, well, that's no. I'm just, I'm just making a warning because mm-hmm. I haven't beaten it yet. Oh, you haven't beaten it? Okay. No. I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, anybody screw anybody else. <laughs> I was gonna say I can't really spoil it for myself because I can't tell about any part that I haven't been to. <laughs> um, and then I believe Tyler is going to the gym, <laughs> and Carla is doing something. I, I don't recall what her chapter is. But um, in going from the beginning of the game to that point, I, let's see, just to speak on some highlights, I cleaned up as much as I could in the beginning and then didn't know that I left the book under the table in the uh, diner. When oh, I shit, maybe I should reset. Maybe I should reset and go back and take the book. <laughs> well, I don't even know. Um, the, the book, I, I don't even know if it really helped. Because it was like a, a, a philosophical book, right? Um, Honestly, I don't remember if you can. I don't think you can take the book. Okay, uh, I don't even know if because I didn't know that book existed. I was so frantic on trying to get out of the diner in the beginning. Right. Um, I gave an incorrect sketch using the, uh, the the waitress mainly because I completely forgot what Lucas looked like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and oops! The, mm-hmm. I said oops. Uh, the the. Sketch, the composite sketch I gave was a 0 to 25% match on uh, Lucas. Um, I killed myself once, and I got arrested once. So those are the two times the game ended for me early. Um, I got arrested because I took too long to open the door. Like, I was just about to open the door with the key. And, and then they bar- barged in? And again. Yeah, You're talking about in the very beginning when the, the cops beginning. knocking on the door? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um... The time I killed myself was uh, I drank the the alcohol, and then after I drank the alcohol, I found the painkillers and took the <laughs> painkillers, and he died immediately. <laughs> and it's so messed up because they go, when you pick up the painkillers, he takes the painkiller and then looks at the bottle and says, do not take with alcohol. And I'm like, well, I, sh- I could have known that before. You know, you could have gave me the option to take the painkillers. So then when I reloaded, I took the painkillers and didn't drink the alcohol. Oops. And uh, let's see. I slept with the ex-girlfriend. Um, that was the last thing I did in the game. Oh well, aren't you a stud? And um, in the scene where wait, was that when she visited your apartment? Yeah. Oh, because when we're not here, I never actually got that that one. To, like, I never actually got that part there because I heard that it's hard to actually uh, get her to agree to it. Because a really? lot, a lot of times you can get close, but she'll just be like, "Now's not a good time" or something like that, and she walks away. I've never actually had that part happen for me. Well, believe me, I tried. <laughs> this is what I did. I did the ah! whole. Well, I'm gonna take your headphones off. Why? You, you just because I wanted. This part? 
No, I, I, I've only played like an hour, like I said many times. I've only played already. an hour, I think. This is only an hour in? Well, I, I think have... so. I mean, I really kind of worked the game when I played it. I was just really kind of going crazy at it. Cause... I wasn't. I just I was just touring. But you All right, why don't the... maybe we'll just stop talking story stuff. To... Maybe both of you should finish it, and then yeah. we'll just talk story. Because yeah. I'm okay with spoiling the hell out of it because it's so old at this point. Mm-hmm. But you, you both need to finish it. Okay. Yeah. So then I won't talk about how I... Austin, I don't know how you've managed to avoid so many spoilers on this game, considering you listen to a lot of the same podcasts I listen to. I, I really haven't heard anything about it. They, they don't talk about all the things that actually do happen. And if they do, I haven't heard it. So, mm-hmm. the, I, And there are some instances where I, I do remove headphones. If like they're talking about Mass Effect 2 or Bioshock, I take my headphones out. Oh, so. oh yeah. yeah. I, I thought you were talking about us. I'm like, I don't spoil anything <laughs> in Mass Effect 2. No, but I know what you're talking about. Um, well, I'll just say that I did 100% on the guitar. And I think that's nice. what did. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Um, so I did that. and um, uh, Aside from story stuff, you're feeling, you're feeling good about the game? You're enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, I only played it for one day. And um, I haven't really had the time to play because I've been putting a lot of time into Final Fantasy XII. But I will probably get to it sometime over the weekend, maybe a little bit next week. And I guess my question is going to. My question is, are you going to are you going to try to complete it before you move on to Heavy Rain? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I don't think I'm getting Heavy Rain until probably like April or May. Because oh, okay. I after I finish Final Fantasy twelve, I'm going to try and squeeze Bioshock in before Final Fantasy thirteen comes in, and then play Final Fantasy thirteen and God of War three. Okay. Now, I might be tempted to go play God of War one and two before I play three, but I'm not sure. I still need to finish Ninja Gaiden. Oh, <laughs> uh, what the the first one? The first one. Oh yeah, I got a Ninja Gaiden Black. I'm gonna have uh, another badass brawler Sunday summer uh, this year, so I'm probably gonna be, be playing Ninja Gaiden Two, uh, Bayonetta, maybe Darksiders, maybe maybe. Darksiders um, might fit more into a. Just from what I've heard, it's like it's basically God of War plus Zelda, so it might not be as brawler ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure it has enough of that in to to fit in with your uh, theme. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that, like, for for the sake of uh, of information, it's 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 also very much Zelda like in terms of environmental puzzles and shit like that. Oh, okay, yeah, that's not and, like, bad. And like, and getting a hook shot and stuff. That's why I want to play it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, and so anyway. Other than Indigo Prophecy, which there really isn't anything else special I've done. In that game, I have been playing Final Fantasy XII, which uh, I've made a lot of progress, but I, I've found myself repeatedly like frustrated at the game, uh, mainly at boss fights, because boss fights are just like out of hand. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just say that particularly when you're playing the game and you're fighting against regular enemies, it's really easy. You know, you just go, you like melee enemies down, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes you have. Um, hunts where you have to fight special enemies, uh-huh. and with the special enemies, uh, they have buffs and things like that that uh, you kind of have to work around, and they they make them. It, it's like you don't even really know until you start to fight them how tough they are. Um, like for example, there's this one where it, it's a cockatrice and cock, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you have to fight him. And it, you get this hunt really early in the game. 
and they tell you about them, and they say, okay, well, it comes around when its chicks are around, and you have to, like, basically attract a chick, and it'll come and fight you because usually it hides from humans. But then you go, and you, like, mess with the chick, and then it comes around, and two more chicks come out of nowhere. So it's, you're fighting four enemies at once, and they're all kind of special. And most of these hunts, when they get down to critical health, they have zero charge time. So you just go basically berserk without going berserk because they can cast spells and stuff like that. And I got slaughtered. You, I just couldn't do it. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll come back and do it later. But then I'll go and start playing the story part of the game. And I'll get to a boss fight and be completely annihilated, like, in a complete what-the-fuck scenario. Like, uh, I fought this one boss who went, he literally cast berserk on himself. And haste. <laughs> and um, he was attacking me with two and three hit attacks repeatedly. And there was nothing I could do about it. Like, I couldn't heal through it. I couldn't uh, do any kind of protect or anything like that. And I'm like, what the hell? What the hell am I supposed to do? And I kind of figured, well, my characters were kind of under level. They were around right. 15, 16. I was supposed to be 19 to really just have a chance at the battle. And somehow, by some weird miracle, I beat another boss before him, which turned out to be an Esper. And you can use that Esper after you beat him in the boss fight. But that boss fight was just incredibly hard, too, because he kept doing these special attacks that you can't block. Uh, Pete needs to drop out because he uh, he is more important than us. So, yeah, uh, I will. Uh, yeah, Facebook.com slash Rivet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, God, he's gone. Thank fucking well, I'm God. Not going to Jesus. He's still here. Damn it. Damn it! Damn it! Go, go, go! No, I'm kidding. All right, seriously, I'll talk to you guys next week or whatever. And, uh, Bye. Uh, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, is he gone yet? There's too is many fucking yet? windows. I'm trying to find the hang up button again. <laughs> there it is. Okay, oh. bye. Later. There he goes. Now we can speak badly about him. Yeah, Pete sucks. Okay, so you can't block special attacks. Keep going. Well, what were you saying about the. There's special attacks. Basically, when you're fighting, you always have. You know, your chances to block regular attacks and things like that. And you know, when characters cast magic, sometimes you have an opportunity to go into the menu and you can change your equipment to accommodate for, like, say, if you have something that uh, makes you uh, immune to an element, you can see that the enemy is casting that element and then you go into the menu and equip whatever. And then by the time they cast a spell, you, you know, you absorb it or whatever. But then there are these attacks that kind of, they take, they, they're full screen elements. They, they take away all your controls and everything, and then the animation plays out. Kind of like a summon, but it's not like 30 seconds, it's like 5. Oh, thank God. And, uh, well, it's not a summon. I, I mean, the summon is, in the summons in this game aren't animations. They're actual fights. Like, when you summon the Esper that you get in the beginning of the game, well, not really the beginning of the game, but the first Esper I have you summon him and he fights for you, With you. in real time. So basically it turns right. into, instead of your three people in your party... In Which is enemies, even better. Right. Because you're not sitting there watching this thing going, ah, I'm going to build a wall and then drop water down it because I'm Leviathan. Right, exactly. So you have just the, the person who cast that summon and the summon versus the enemies. And you can mm -hmm. kind of help them, you can like heal them, uh, you can cast protective spells on them, and then you can also continue to fight the enemy along with this big guy. And that was pretty much the, the main way I beat that boss. And um, there's a lot of traveling in this game, which is really cool. But at the same time, it's like 
when you're looking for a save point or when you're at a point where you're like, I really want to just heal everybody all the way without having to worry about running around and gaining MP or using my abilities to restore my MP or, you know, casting cure like 20 times because it only heals like 150 HP and I got some characters on the verge of 2,000. Um... The, the save points are kind of few and far in between. Is is that a problem? Like, talking about the cure stuff, is that a problem with poor pacing, you think? No. Or, um, or... You have licenses that increase the, the potency of your magics, and that does help, but the way the game is, the way the game is, you have, you know, your standard, you have cure, cura, curaja, uh, cura, cura, curaja, Curaga, and curaja. Right. But uh-huh. cure heals one person, Kira heals the group. I don't know what Kiraga does, but I'm sure it heals the group as well. Oh, so it doesn't go by the degrees that it usually does. So right. you can't you can't be like, oh my god, this one guy is down seven hundred hit points, so I need to use Kira. You can't do that, right? right? Because, because it, if you it, do by, that, by its nature it does something else. Right. It's going to okay. it's going to cure that guy by like seven hundred, but it's also gonna cure everybody else and take a I mean, the standard MP for Cura is 32, and the standard MP for Cura is 8. Now, mind you, you I think you can only get 99 MP max, but when you get these uh, special techniques called quickenings, you can get, like, say if you get one quickening, then you're able to cast that quickening when you have full MP. You can only do quickenings when you have full MP, but if you get two quickenings, you get two MP bars, so that you you know, basically you have two full MP bars so that you can cash your two full quickenings. And then if you get a third one, you have three. And you have a maximum of three per, not per character, but for whoever has um, quickenings. Because there's only a certain amount on the license board and only one person can have that quickening on that spot. I must have missed something because I'm entirely confused. Okay, I'll, I'll explain I hear really a litany quickly. of quickenings, and it sounds like you get to cast three times the amount of spells because you have three MP bars, and that sounds really awesome. But I'm probably misinterpreting what you said. Sort of. Basically, the way quickenings work, they work off of it's a, not a story element, but basically, they're in this in the world of Evilise in Final Fantasy XII. There is this element called mist, and mist is where magic comes from. And um, is it when you say element, is that just the generic element, or is it specifically like earth, wind, water, fire? Oh, a new element called mist, or is it, no, no? I mean, mist is. Just- uh, something in the game, and that's where all the magics of the universe okay. in of so the ge- the generic vague term element. Yes. Okay. Like um, uh, yeah. Ox- oxygen. Oxygen. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm talking. Mist. M M M S T. M S. Anyway. M T. M T. Mit. Um. So, when you get a quickening off of the license board, you um get a mist charge. Where basically it equates to one full MP bar. When your MP is full, you are able to cast your quickening and expend your mischarge, which means that once you finish your quickening, which is like it's like a mini game sort of. When you have if all three of your characters have quickenings and you cast a quickening, you can choose which one you do and you have a certain time period to choose it. You can kinda of do it almost like a Zell's limit break. But it's not. So a whole is bunch this of is this that buttons. game's version of a limit break? Mm, not really. Or a magic break? It's kind of this game's version of Limit Break, but you can do it at any time as long as you have full MP. And what happens is that at the end of the the whole quickening session, 
you have zero MP. But if you have two quickenings, you essentially have two full two MP bars. So you can use up one, but you'll still have one left over for the rest of your magic. Right. Okay. And um, then if you get three, you have a triple MP. You have three MP bars. And um, I haven't actually done that yet because uh, I've been sp kind of spreading around the quickenings, but it seemed to be like maybe 12 quickenings on the board. And then there's espers, and then some of the espers give you a second magic bar. Some of them don't. That That's what mm -hmm. I've heard. Um, but I only have one Esper so far. And, um, just How many hours in are you again? 24? 24. But a lot gotcha. of it was grinding, which I'm not used to doing. Grinding because I've been playing grinding. Final Fantasy 7, and I didn't have to grind and in eight. 7. And 8, I, I was really kind of, um, you know, I, I was discouraged from grinding in 8. And right, because so, of level up. Right, and in 10, there really isn't a such thing as grinding in 10, because... There is an experience in ten. It's just the sphere grid, and the sphere grid. If you, if you play the game normally, your sphere grid will end up the way it should. You know what I mean? Right. Like I think I played just slightly more than I had to because I think I beat Final Fantasy ten at just over forty hours, like maybe forty two or forty three hours, and I I wasn't completely OP because like I didn't have everybody with Ultima and uh, people with all sorts of crazy. MP OP? Overpowered. Ah, Mr. Jargon. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I did have two characters with Ultima, and, you know, Lulu had Flare, and Yuna had Holy. So they had their ultimate skills. Well, the, the, the ultimate skills that matter. Right. Now in 12, I'm, like, getting to points where I have to grind because the the levels of the enemies are so variant sometimes. Like... I think a lot of times in this game they tell you where you can and can't go because of the enemies that are around. Like, there'll be an enemy that, uh, hey, look at that. Breaking news. Symbol. ECOB.OB. Current price 43. Short-term target 7. Ugh. We're getting Skype spams, Skype by the way, spam. if anybody is um, wondering. So, alright, for example, right now my characters are like 21. And they can drink. Uh, they can <laughs> And I'm in this jungle. I was like, area. "What? Wait, wait! I'm gonna drink tonight." What? <laughs> <laughs> They're in this jungle area where, um, right, right now I'm going to a mountain, and in order to get to the mountain, I have to do this really long journey through these plains. And now I'm at this mountain, uh, jungle area, and I think after the jungle area, I might have to go to another area, and then in after that area, I'll be at the mountain area. But mm -hmm. there are panthers that are all 21, 22, 23, 24. I can take me out easy, no problem. And then I ran down one area, and there was a... Uh, don't remember what the enemy was. But it was level 39, and I said, I am not going that way. So I turned around <laughs> and went another way. And it's really cool like how they put it there, because you know a lot of times those are like areas where um, I think they lead to other places that you're supposed to go to in the future, because you know, all the lands are kind of connected. And you can go back and forth and things like that. But I, I'm now finding myself um, kind of fighting. Also, just to get uh, enjoyment out of the battle system. Like, I really kind of enjoy running around. And now now everybody's got Gambit, so I just move. And I don't even press buttons anymore. <laughs> and I kind of like it. When I just want to grind and I just want to, you know, 
let the enemies drop down, and I want to get my loot because you don't get gil from fights. Can, right. Oh, the only okay. Way you get gil is by selling selling loot. loot. And okay. So what I have to do is if I'm XP grinding, then I'll like set one of my characters to steal, uh, in the beginning, and hopefully they they steal because um. If you just said to steal, they'll do nothing but steal, and they won't do any damage. And even after they've stolen whatever the enemy is carrying, they'll keep trying to steal. So I have the steal gambit set for full HP equals 100%. So right at the beginning of the battle, they try and steal. And if it doesn't work, then they'll just be fighting. Uh, right. But it kind of falls apart when you are fighting multiple enemies because they'll steal from everybody. And then the last person you steal from, if you're not hitting them, he'll keep trying to steal from that person. Oh. And so what I try and do is I try and hit everybody at least once right after the steal so that they can go to attacking. Because, I, I, you know, having somebody just stand around not contributing really sucks. Right. And um, is, is it, before you go on, is it to the point where you can actually let them grind and you can go read a book for like five minutes? No, you actually have to move the characters. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you actually have to move them from battle to battle. Um, once they're actually in the battle, they do move on their own. Like, if they're a ranged character, they will stand at range. But sometimes you can get into trouble. Like, Gambits really can get you into trouble. I was stuck in a fight where there were, like, six enemies. And I'm trying to get away. Or I did immobilize to stop them from moving. But mm -hmm. the the I have a Viera who, uh, her name is Fran. She does the magic usually in my team. <laughs> when you say Fran, I just think of the the, the Stewie Griffin, the Untold Story. <laughs> um, now, mind Fran, Fran, Fran is like the, the so not the name that she should have, and anything like that. But like, if you play twelve, and you know what VRR because you played Tactics, so you know it's tall, bunny ear cat girl, rabbit. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like dark skinned and she's got this like really kind of cute face and is. Uh, I'll say international voice. Like she sounds like she's from not America. Oh, none of the characters really sound like they're from America. Not America. Fine. Because uh, Balthier is kind of like sounds like James Bond, sort of. And um, pretty much everybody else, I guess, sounds English, American English. Oh. But mm -hmm. Fran and Balthier, they're they're the international crew. But um, anyhow, Fran was casting Immobilize. And I wanted her to get away from the people who couldn't walk because she has bow and arrow, and she's standing like right in their attacking range, uh, trying to attack. Oh, any so they don't have to her. walk towards her, even though they're immobilized. They don't have to walk; they can just still hit her. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> dummy, go back. And so she dies. And then um, I switch to somebody else, and it, it just kind of falls apart when you're using cams because they don't listen to you sometimes, and then you have to flee. Like when you. Um, when you flee, basically you tell everybody to stop what they're doing, and they'll follow you wherever you're going. But a lot of times the enemy catches up, and they, they'll attack you like to no end until you leave the zone. And then sometimes when you leave the zone, you come back, they're like standing right there waiting for you and stuff like that. So it, it kind of sucks. But right. um, I like the XP grind, where you know you XP grind basically set people to set phases on kill and you just run around and kill stuff. If stuff drops, then you, know, you pick it up, and you hear run around and kill home. shit. Um, if I want to do like a loot grind, I'll set people to uh, poach. That's a technique that when the enemy is critical, you sh you can kill them and get loot 
hundred percent of the time, but you get no experience and the lessons mm -hmm. points. Um, and I'll do that for like half an hour and make a whole bunch of money. But then, you know, I'll make a whole bunch of money on stuff or on selling stuff. But when you sell the stuff, they can sometimes turn into item packages that you get in the bazaar. And mm -hmm. what happens is that the bazaar will sell you a group of items that's cheaper than buying the item separately in the store. So, for example, like a whole set of armor that may cost 10,000 gil, you could get for 6,000. Mm -hmm. So you wind up, and, and you were going to go and buy this armor in the first place. So you sell this loot, make like 15,000 gil, and then you wind up spending 8,000 gil on weapon upgrades and, and armor upgrades, forcing you to go back out and fight more and maybe get more license points so that you can actually use the stuff you just bought. You know? And there's so much right. stuff to buy. You don't get gil per battle, so it's really... It's it's more of a process because you have to sell the shit. Right, and you, you're not guaranteed something that you can sell for a lot. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, you can grind loot for hours. Not hours. I mean, I haven't really ground loot for, like, hours. But, like, I might spend an hour, hour and a half and make good enough stuff to say, okay, I, I'll just let it go and I'll proceed with the story. But then I'll be so tempted to use or test out the stuff that I just got that I'll go back out there and spend another half an hour and <laughs> grind. And you'll start fighting, and then you get more loot, and you'll be like, and I, and I gotta sell this and find out what else I can get. Yeah, I can get. So <clears throat> it, it's it's kind of weird like that, but I really do enjoy it, and um, I'm hoping to get further in the game. I mean, granted, I'm like, you know, playing. I've been playing the game for 24 hours, and it should be a 40-hour game. I don't think I'm really. At a point. As far as you're actually supposed to be. Right. Well, not as far as I'm actually... Well, yeah. In, in terms of time, uh, I think I am just because I've found myself to be on the level, which means I've been progressing farther than my level would allow me. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm taking my time and I'm, I'm starting to go through these levels that have very long travel times and I'm choosing to walk as opposed to take a chocobo, um, which chocobo is pretty cool to use as well. Um... I find myself spending more time battling and staying in the same story part than um, I am progressing the story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sort of. I, I'm, 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 my, my brain is hurting from work, so I'm trying to process everything at once. Okay, I speak but in I, baby I get the words. gist. I spend too speak much in baby time words. fighting, staying in the same place, not going forward. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, to end off what I was talking about with Final Fantasy XII... Um, I want to just briefly touch on what I feel about the story. Mm -hmm. You know how every Final Fantasy game usually like has a small, um, like a small scope intro, and then it turns into a large scope story near the end. Like Final Fantasy IV is about Baron trying to get all the crystals, but then you find out it's not really about Baron getting all the crystals. It's about uh, you know a being from the moon. Wanting to come back and oh no, spoilers! Ah, spoilers! Ah, Should have played the game 15 man. years ago, um, 20 years ago almost. Anyway, oh my god, it's been that long, yeah, Jesus Christ! Um, oh man, that it's um, you know, something like that where the the story blows up and it just becomes more than just your local world. It doesn't seem like it's doing that in Final Fantasy XII. Like, Final Fantasy XII is essentially about... Um, it's like a Star Wars story. The Empire is trying to... Uh, or Actually, in, in Final Fantasy XII's case, the Empire had succeeded 
and trying to assume control of this middle ground because there's these two big empires in Ivalice is Arcadia and Rosaria. Yeah. And in the middle, there's Damasca where that has like the best strategic location because it's, it's in the middle of the two big empires. So it's got all the big trade routes and stuff like that. Yeah, I heard it's a very political yeah, story. It's definitely very political and somewhat, sort of confusing because you're trying to figure out who's choosing what sides. And even in the empire, there, there are sides to choose from. That that's where I think the complexity comes from, but it still feels small in scope because it still feels like oh it's just the empire doing this thing with Damasca and there's the resistance and you're playing as this kid who really just he doesn't seem to have a place in the story. But I'm assuming that by the time I get to the end of the game, you're gonna realize why he's the main character of the story. Right. But I haven't really gotten to that point yet, and I would think that 24 hours into the game, you can kind of understand that, you know? I mean, even in Final Fantasy Tactics, which takes place in the same realm, it, you, you realize, I think, maybe five or ten hours into the game that it's not just about the religious um, uh, persecution. It wasn't about the kingdom and the religion. It was more about the stones and about do, a whole bunch of dudes trying to get immortality, you know? Right. So I I don't know I'm I'm kind of waiting and I'm hoping that by the end of next week uh, I'll be really close to finishing the game and I'll be able to have a little bit I have more a ways to go you know I have two more I have one and a half more games to go before I can even hit that <laughs> <laughs> well I I'm working really hard on finishing this I'm, once I finish this podcast I'm jumping right into it because you know, da, 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 I want to have as much time as da, I da, 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 can to play Bioshock and finish that. And once March 9th comes, it's going to be all Final Fantasy 13 for the next, like, two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say that's about soon? that. God. That's all I have to say about that. Well, thank you for joining us with your pancake-filled belly. Mm, Where can you. we find your pancake-filled belly with hair? Pancake.blogspot.com. Oh, I'm oh, no! um, XLM2K.blogspot.com. I don't, I don't know when I'm going to put something on there. Uh, Widdly, weedly, wee. The band is currently recording. Um, you can go to, you know, facebook.com slash Rocafuerte Musica. Rocafuerte. Um, you can also visit me on Facebook at facebook.com slash XLM2K. And that's enough pimpage for me right now, I think. Oh, I like pimpage. All right. And Pete already pimped himself, but we'll do it again. Facebook.com slash R Y V V N. And he's there with me, TV, and all that shit. Um, DrFishyPants.com is a fish with pants on a dot com blog. What? Mm. Shut up. And then there's Shark versus Octopus. You have to spell out the verses, and it's www.sharkversusoctopus.com, or else the page is not going to work. And I will be throwing up Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2 reviews up on the site at some point. But by the time I do, they will already be seven weeks old because you won't get this podcast probably until the summer. <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Mm, so for Pete. Bye. For Al. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm kind of uh, <laughs> pancake still. Pancake. Click, 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 click. <laughs> no, it's click, click, bloody click. click. There you go. I have been your host, Austin. We're gone.